0: Welcome, welcome, welcome into the QC Hornets Nest, a new podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone, and each week we'll have the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. So are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Man, so it's been a really wild stretch for the Hornets these last few weeks. It seems like they were on a good streak there winning eight of nine games and feeling really good about themselves after beating the Timberwolves at home. And then they go on the road to begin the, um, the four-game road trip that they're currently still on. And they lay an egg in Houston on a, a back-to-back, which, you know, you can term a schedule loss, given that it was a... Back-to-back game, they had to fly across country halfway, they got in the late night in Texas, all different things, and the Rockets are waiting for him. Um, you can call it an excuse, I guess, sometimes. Schedule losses can be an excuse for teams if, if you want to look at it that way. But sometimes it really is actually accurate. You know, you think about you doing something like that and how tired you would be. So, but the point is, th- that's one thing. But the Hornets didn't play well in Chicago, lost that game before finally bouncing back and having a really great effort against the Bucks in Milwaukee. Um I was able to be a, a, the game in Chicago and Milwaukee, and it was two different games, essentially. You know, and Monday's game with Alonzo and Mello trying to go head-to-head, that was something to kind of behold and, and fun to watch, but second half, the Hornets just kind of faded and didn't really kind of make a game of it until late mm-hmm. in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. And by that time, it was kind of too late. So it's one of those things where, and, you know, the Hornets, you know, were frustrated, but they were able to kind of have a, a really good effort in Milwaukee. They lost on a Giannis essentially buzzer beater with two seconds left um, after LaMelo ball hit a fall away three pointer with about five seconds left to kind of tie the game up and potentially send it to overtime before Giannis did his thing. But the Hornets have have really been up and down this year. And right now they're a little bit down, and part of the reason they're down is because the defense has just not been good. It's really, really been a, been a just something that's been really something that I have to kind of just figure out. They can't keep playing this way, expect to be a playoff team, and actually make some noise come postseason time because teams just not just fear them at all. You know, they've given up 115 or more points in six of their last eight games going into the game against the Hawks in Atlanta to finish the road trip off on Sunday. I mean, that's just a lot of points, just way too many. And they know that for a fact. And it's part of the reason why the Hornets rank dead last in the league in defense. They actually are allowing right around 115 points. It's 114.9 to be exact. Um, So it's kind of really frustrating for them. So they got to find a way to take care of that and screw that up. Part of the issue is Cody Martin has missed the last two games and Mason Plumlee has missed their last three games. And while nobody can really sit there and say that both of those guys are the exact reason why our defense isn't playing up to par, because even when they were around the defense, I said six of eight games, so... They've been playing sporadically at that end of the ball for a while now. But with Cody Martin and Mason Pumley both being sidelined for a few of these games, it kind of exposed the Hornets, especially on the perimeter, because Cody Martin is by far their best defender. Uh, and it's people who didn't think he was the NBA player or thought he was a liability are now seeing just that through his hard work and dedication – He's become a pretty solid role player for the Hornets. And when he's not out there, he's missed. Because you can put him on just about anybody close to his height and put him on the wing, on the perimeter, he's going to play his you-know-what off and try to guard those guys the best that he can. He's going to move his feet. He's going to do all the things that a coach wants to see when he wants somebody to go out there and play defense. So missing him has been really something that the Hornets have had to kind of figure out how to make up for it because his energy and play on both sides of the ball, honestly, have been infectious and was totally lacking in last last game. I spoke to him um in Milwaukee, um, after shoot around, just briefly, and he told me he was really sick. So but he was a stomach bug and he was fighting and he really couldn't give it a go. But by all indications, the Hornets should have both Cody Martin and Mason Plumley back potentially when they play the Hawks on Sunday and even more so when they start the back-to-back and get that homestand going against the Sixers on Monday. So the Hornets, that's the first thing. They got to find a way to get things corrected on defense. If they don't do that, that's going to be an issue for them because they've all said to me pretty much – the last couple of days and speaking to them that offense is not their problem. They can score as we see with the best of them, having the top ranked offense pretty much up there all year. It's their defense that has to improve dramatically. If it doesn't happen, they're going to be in trouble. And with Mason Plumlee, you know, people get a little bit on him too on the outside thinking that maybe he has not done enough for the Hornets this year and he can definitely play better. And I've asked him a couple times about it. He knows he's, be able to go out there and do a little better than what he's doing, uh, you know, cut back to unforced turnovers, um, stop being in foul trouble as much as he has been. Just little small things that he needs to be out there in the floor to help the Hornets. That's the reason they brought him in here is to be the five-man an athletic big to kind of be able to be a rim protector and finish and help out do different things. So I asked James Borrego actually in Milwaukee about this, about just Mason Plumlee's um, importance to the team and just what he – brings that maybe others don't see you on the outside and periphery.
1: And this is what he told me. I think, we're, I think we're scoring enough. Mason doesn't need the ball, but he can create, create, create offense for us um, by screening, by handling the ball, by rolling to the basket. He's created more threes for us on the perimeter by touching the paint than anybody on our team. He's created more kickout threes than anybody on our team. Obviously, that won't show up in the stat sheet. It's significant for how we play offensively. Mm-hmm. Defensively, we've missed him tremendously the last few games. It's not a coincidence that we've had two of our worst defensive games without Mason Plumley. He commands the back line. It's like losing your general, you know, in battle. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. This guy commands, you know, the the he's the anchor of our defense. And so um, mm-hmm. it's just his communication. His awareness. His maturity, his experience, those are all things that we miss when he's not on the floor. So it's both sides of the ball to me.
0: So as you can hear, Mason does things that maybe go unseen to the untrained eye, but James Borrego just broke it down for you and tried to explain exactly how he helps them in other ways. And the Hornets have missed him probably more than anybody would have imagined. But again, by all indications, he should be back ready to go because he was feeling a lot better, he told me, in Milwaukee when he was able to do some pregame work on the floor. So that's good news for the Hornets. We'll see what comes out of it. He was able to kind of give it a go on his strained right calf. The other thing that actually is going well for the Hornets, you know, defense is not doing so well, but what is going well for them is the mellow ball's play. The mellow's been incredible. The last, and really all season, let's be honest, but the last 10-plus games or so, he's almost averaging a triple-double, which is ridiculous. And right now, as he kind of finishes this, the third of this, this four-game road trip, he's third in the league overall in total assists with 198. It's only behind Trey Young, who has 200, going into this weekend's action, and Chris Paul, who's around 213. So, Lamelo was not only distributing the ball, but as we saw against the Bucks, he can shoot. He had a career-best eight made three-pointers and a career-best 36 points. He's just getting better and better every game. To me, I was most amazed by that three-pointer he hit to tie the game, which is a fall-away three. And that showed me that he's almost ready for this moment. To take those kind of shots and make them. It's one thing to take them. You know, some people are scared to take them. He's obviously not, but taking them is one thing, but taking them and making them, that separates good players from the great players who could become superstars. So that's a really good sign for Orange to see that he's at that point now where he can, can figure out in the fourth quarter when to turn it on and when to turn it off a little bit. It's obviously one of his major growth points he has to focus on this year is figuring those kind of things out. So while the defense hasn't looked great, LaMelo has. And for the Hornets, that's a very, very good thing. All right, it's time for the mailbag. And once again, I appreciate you guys sending in your questions into me. Uh, We're going to have another way to hopefully do this pretty soon. It's going to be even more interactive. Um, I'll keep you posted about that. But for right now, I just want to think you guys for send your questions in to me via Twitter is how they're pretty much coming in. So we'll start with one from Taylor Crease, who is at Taylor Crease. I hope I'm saying your name right, Taylor. Um, but the question is, or actually a statement and question. It says, we are by far the worst defensive team in the league. With our athletes, how and why? Is it as simple as having no rim protector? Um, the Hornets definitely should have a better defensive unit overall for a number of reasons. First of all, James Borrego is a defensive minded coach. Comes from the Greg Popovich school of thought, which is to, you know, grind it out a little bit. And he wants to show you mistakes that you're making on defense because he knows ultimately it's going to win you those basketball games. Um, when it comes time to be amongst that playoff pressure and championship level basketball. So the Hornets definitely do not want to be as bad defensively as they have been of late. That's the first thing. Second thing is, is speaking to, you know, James Borrego and a couple of guys about it. It's, it's, it's a few different issues they're having. Um, one of them begins with the perimeter defense. They got to lock down guys a little bit more better on the perimeter, meaning the guards got to get up in their guys a little bit more and make sure the penetration isn't as easy as sometimes. It's it's uh it has been, and that falls on everybody. Um, it's got to be Terry, Lamelo. Um, it's got to be um, you know Miles too when, he, when he's you know kind of up there. Gordon, everybody, everybody has to play a better defense. The bench when they come in, PJ Washington, um, you know, you know Nick Richards, every everybody comes off the bench right now for the Hornets. Essentially, as a whole unit, everybody forget about just the bench. The whole team has to play better defense and. It starts with the perimeter because if you're able to break down the defense easy, it just makes things more difficult for the big man, for the wing players, for everybody. So it's on the guard to kind of be able to use their lane to kind of keep the opponent in front of them a little bit more. That's the first thing. Second thing is, believe it or not, I think we're seeing again, just, you know, the importance, as I mentioned earlier, of a couple of guys who have been out. Nobody's seen that Cody Martin and Mason Plumlee are world beaters in that regard, but they are part of the Hornets' defensive plan. Um, You know, obviously Cody is their best defender. So a lot of times when they start off and the team is not playing as well defensively, James Borrego goes right to Cody Martin to put him in the game to kind of give them a little bit more of an edge in that regard. Then Mason Plumlee, he has that length to be able to at times alter shots and different things of that nature. So just as a unit, it's more than to play better defense. At times, the zone defense that they've used has actually been kind of effective. But like anything else in the NBA, if you keep using things over and over again, at some point, the opponent's going to kind of figure it out. So you got to kind of mix it up a little bit with your coverages and horns are trying to try do that. But when it boils down to it, defense has to improve. They all know it. And, you know, they said they're going to get better. So we have to wait and see how that happens. So now we look ahead to the Hornets' schedule and just what they're facing next. But first of all, the the crazy thing is they actually come into Sunday's game against the Hawks, the next game, with three days in between games. They play Wednesday in Milwaukee. We talked about that earlier. But the next game isn't until Sunday. And that's been a rarity for the Hornets this year. They play, I believe, more games than any other team or close to it. And definitely, I believe it played more role games because anybody who attends games at the, at the, uh, Spectrum Center knows for the most part, they've been kind of few and far between for the harness this year. Their schedule is very backloaded with home games, which will benefit them, obviously, potentially come their playoff run for, for positioning. But right now it's kind of tough for them to have to kind of just float, I guess, right now. Um, at 500 or better, if, if they can, until they just get past this rough stretch. But that's kind of what they're facing here. The, the schedule doesn't really ease up at any point. I mean, I'm not sure in the NBA it kind of does, as we saw with the game in Houston. That's one of those games against the worst team in the NBA record-wise, you feel that is a game that the Hornets should win. But we know, again, we talked about it earlier, but we just knew that Schedule loss sometimes is, is, is happens in the NBA. And that was one of those schedule losses for the Hornets. who just couldn't get past that one. But looking ahead, after playing the Hawks in Atlanta on Sunday, it's back home Monday again for rarity for the first matchup with the 76ers. And this is actually one of those unique series that the NBA is doing started, you know, a year or so ago where they basically like to have teams come in. You know, after the pandemic and everything, like they have teams kind of come in and play maybe two games in one city to kind of get those both of those games away games against that team out of the way, per se. And there's only a couple of times it's happening this year. And for the Hornets, luckily enough for them, both the times it actually happens at home, which is, again, rare. But they played Philly on Monday before playing Philly again on Wednesday at home. And then they finish off a little mini three-game homestand with Sacramento on Friday. And while you might say, hey, that's a game that should probably win, I guess it is, but remember, Sacramento beat them as part of that five-game losing streak the Hornets were on when they were on the West Coast um, about a month or so ago. So that game is not going to be easy. Then after that, it's a ridiculous end to December where the Hornets have just one home game, from December 11th through December 31st. And that one home game doesn't come until the 27th against Houston at home. So the schedules are getting really tough for them. And they have a a crazy six-game road trip coming up after they take on the Kings at home on Friday to conclude that road, road, uh, excuse me, that homestand. All right, so this week's stat is something I kind of want to mention in regards to Gordon Haywood. I know it takes a little bit of flack sometimes from people in the exterior because they feel like he's not out there scoring enough, but his importance to the team can never really kind of be understated. So when you look at his on-the-court numbers, which basically are the amount of points the Hornets are scoring when he's on the floor, it's around 80.6 points per game, which is the second best on the team. Conversely, when he's not on the court, the owners are scoring the second fewest points of anybody um, in that absence on the court. They're around 33.9 points per game. So it just shows just the different things that Hayward does out there on the floor for the Hornets. It's not always necessarily about scoring. Sometimes it's about doing other th- different things too. James Borrego mentioned to me the other day, um you could be making a cut to kind of get somebody else open, um, you know, driving to the bucket, uh, you know, doing different things that maybe some time ago unnoticed, um, on the exterior. But when you look at just how much he means to this team, I think those numbers kind of help bear a little bit of just his importance. Because when you're not on the floor and a team you're not scoring, that means that others out there have to kind of step up their game. And they're not able to do it in part because the lineup that's out there on the floor. It could be maybe LaMelo's not out there as well. Maybe Miles Bridges is not out there. Um, so it could be a lot of bench players, but the point still is when Gordon Hay was out on the floor, the Hornets are pretty effect scoring wise. The main thing with Gordon, as we know, is just more about his health. And so far he's been healthy. He's played every single game. So if he can keep just staying healthy at this point, and be available for the Hornets. It's going to bear good things for them because as I just mentioned to you, when he's on the floor, good things happen. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out CharlotteObserver.com. And for a special subscription offer, click the link in my stories where it says support my work with a digital subscription. Alright, until next time, be out.